Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hi, Fred. Well, we've got an interesting lineup of stories to talk about. No turkeys here. First up, Volvo is going to be supplying Uber with a fleet of up to 24,000 self-driving SUVs for a taxi fleet that could start arriving by 2019. In the latest edition of the Smart Driving Cars newsletter, you sound pretty excited about the announcement. Well, I I think that's a very good announcement because I think that the timing of it is very good. um, They won't start receiving them for another year plus, which gives them time to get their uh, uh, self-driving stack of of, uh, software and hardware to work so that the, they don't need to have an Uber driver in it in there so that those vehicles can actually be driverless and so that they can put those into service come, uh, let's say, 12, 14, 16 months from now. And, um, and it's probably timed perfectly. But uh, of course, uh, they have to put them into service without, um, without an Uber driver. Otherwise, uh, they'll be they're pretty expensive vehicles to operate with uh, with an Uber attendant uh, in each one of those cars as opposed to just a, a normal off-the-street Uber driver. So um, I think it is a very interesting uh, announcement. Um, also, the, the 24000 that they that they um, are purchasing, uh, really, it could, uh, uh, once they get delivery of those, it could serve maybe... Um, 40 plus percent of their of their daily trips today uh, especially if they put it uh, they use them as workhorses in the places where they have high demand for short trips uh those vehicles could be, be serving up to five trips uh, an hour maybe over a day uh, with some ride sharing actually serve about a um, uh, hundred trips per day and therefore, if you take that hundred trips per day times the twenty-four thousand vehicles, it's about the you know um, two point five million trips uh, that that they could be serving, and um, and that's um, uh, given that today they serve about five point five million trips. That's a significant portion. So it would really allow them to um, get out there and um, actually do this uh, with uh, driverless vehicles. But as I say, they're going to have to be driverless because otherwise they're going to need 24,000 Uber engineers uh, sitting over making sure that the uh, self-driving software doesn't um, crap out. So, um, and and that's, that's, uh, well, uh, I don't think the investment community would uh, subsidize that. And we don't know how far out that might be before we'd see these uh, be right. driven around without the attendant. Well, I think I think uh, when they when they actually take delivery, I think they they hope to have their software uh, at at a point 
where they believe they can actually operate these things driver without anybody uh, driving them and and any Uber attendant in uh, some of their uh, most um, uh, uh, popular places or where they have the most business. And um, and I imagine that's why they put in the order, because otherwise um, it's an expensive uh, vehicle to uh, to put into service. And um, and it, it only makes sense if it's driverless. And it also makes it sound that uh, like Volvo is really out front here playing a, a leadership role. Well, Volvo has been uh, in the forefront of uh, the evolution, self-driving, uh, automated, uh, emergency braking, um, uh, autom- uh, automated uh, uh, lane centering, and so on. So this is part of their evolution, and uh, and it completely makes sense for Volvo. And then there's this, a report by The Guardian that Uber is working on tools to fight motion sickness in self-driving vehicles. A lot of people, <laughs> this, this hadn't occurred to. Well, no, I, some people had pointed out that, that, uh, that just riding in, in, in cars uh, is uh, at times not as comfortable as driving them. Uh, one, because you uh, really don't know what the driver is going to do, and so it isn't, in some sense, a, as comfortable as driving. But if again uh, these things are to be um, uh, to be put into service and the customer is happy with the the, the mobility product uh, and service that Uber is putting on the streets, uh, then in fact uh, people will need to be comfortable <laughs> and they <clears throat> they'll need to not have motion sickness and so on. So uh, the whole um, control of the vehicle and its reaction to um, <clears throat> to uh, what is going on on the road ahead of them has to be such that uh, that the customer is going to be is going to be pleased and uh, not ill so it it makes complete sense but is is there a real difference between having a a driverless vehicle and and, and most the the cause of motion sickness and say sitting in the back of a taxi today or 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 just sitting in a car as a passenger uh, really not as long as the vehicle is behaving pretty much the way Uber drivers behave today and the way, uh, the rest of us, uh, drive our, uh, um, our friends around. So, uh, as long as that is, uh, what is going on, then that's fine. But there's also, when you have a driver, there is this human human interaction that's going on with, with, between the passenger and, um, uh, and the driver that you won't have when it's when you're just riding, as I like to say, in an elevator. But now the elevator is going horizontally. So uh, there, the opportunity for um, uh, some uh, miscomfort uh, rather than some um, some um, uh, a kindness or something coming from a driver. Uh, to make you feel comfortable, I, I, it certainly um, needs will need to be addressed. Interesting. The idea here is that they're uh, they're apparently Uber is apparently trying to patent some. Actually, it is to stimulate the senses of passengers to distract them while the car's in motion, or even use vibrations in in some ways maybe to help. Now, there's some battery news to talk about as well. Fisker 
has filed patents for flexible solid-state battery technology that it claims can power a car for 500 miles and recharge in a minute. That would be pretty amazing. Well, hey, I want to invest. I mean, <laughs> my goodness, if uh, if somebody can do that, uh, they must have people throwing money at them because uh, that would... Uh, uh, that would certainly uh, solve one of the major problems with respect to uh, to electric vehicles and batteries is that uh, is that the, the recharge anxiety, the amount of time that it takes to recharge a, a, a battery, so that uh, you know you're going down the road and all of a sudden your battery's about going dead. Now you've got to spend a half an hour recharging the darn thing. So. Um, um, that la- leads to uh, a lot of anxiety and and might uh, actually uh, be one of the major causes as to why people don't buy um, electric vehicles, that and, and the range anxiety. So if they've come up with that kind of solution and that, that battery is, is uh, not infinitely expensive, then, uh, boy, um, um, people should be lining up and wanting to invest. Well, maybe we'll be learning more. Fisker has scheduled an unveiling of a new electric vehicle for the Consumer Electronics Show in January. So hopefully we're going to hear more about it. I don't know if this battery is going to be ready by then, Well, but we'll uh, see. They must have something ready to show. But again, uh, it's one thing to show and it's, it's another thing to go. And um, uh, but uh, it is it is interesting. Uh, what they're claiming is where the technology needs to be. But um, folks have been working on batteries since um, since Davenport in 1835 and have not made a whole heck of a lot of progress. Um, even Elon has some progress, but not you know, enormous progress. And and then so uh, batteries are tough. They're really tough. So um, uh, maybe this is it. Um, let's wait and see. A few days ago, BMW announced plans to spend $237 million over the next four years or so on a, on a battery cell center. So there's lots of players here. There are lots of players. And, of course, Elon's in there. You know, that's one of his major plays. And, uh, yes, batteries batteries are the, are the Achilles heel of electric vehicles, and they are tough. And I like to say the best minds in the world for the past, uh, you know, 150 or almost 200 years have tried to tried to create a Moore's law for batteries. And um, not a whole heck of a lot of progress has been made. Yeah, a lot of uh, mobile phone users can can attest to that, too. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Apple. I mean, what does Apple need? Good battery. Right. (laughs) Well, Elon Musk, the Elon you've been talking about, looks to have delivered on his promise, though, to to build the biggest lithium-ion battery in the world, and that's in an effort to help South Australia with its with its energy problems. And uh, I think there was something where if he didn't deliver on time, he wouldn't get paid, but he yeah, did. He indicated that if he didn't deliver on time, he he'd, he'd uh, deliver it for free or wouldn't charge them, and looks like he did. And uh, and uh, kudos to him. Uh, but, uh, what he really needs to do is get his model three, uh, assembly plant really going and have enough batteries there so that he's producing 5,000 a month by the end of, uh, Q1, uh, of 18. So, um, 
uh, he's got his work cut out for him. And speaking of that, uh, the Tesla Semi, which we talked about in our last podcast, uh, now we have a price on it, and it's getting some pretty favorable press. It's going to charge $180,000 for the top-of-the-line model that with a 500-mile range, and that really puts it in the ballpark to truly compete and, and take business away from the traditional diesel truck makers. Well, if, if again, if 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 it's put on the market at that price, I'm sure that uh, every uh, CEO of every trucking company is going to take a look at that and do an ROI on that, and probably line up and place orders. Maybe you should ask for ten thousand dollar down payments uh, to get in line, like he did with the Model Three, and and they'd all get in line. The the question is, uh, can you deliver? at uh, that performance at that price. And if he can, uh, again, um, we should all be buying. But it's very big... interesting. <laughs> and while we're dropping names, uh, Bill Gates is in the news as an investor in a smart city in Arizona. What, what's this about? Well, there's there's a lot there are a lot of efforts uh, being made towards smart cities. Apparently, we have stupid cities. So I guess we, we need to <laughs> Smart and um, and I guess uh, probably the easy way to do that is you start from a clean sheet of paper and it looks like he's starting from a clean sheet of paper as opposed to trying to transform let's say uh, Newark, New Jersey or Trenton, New Jersey or Youngstown, Ohio or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but um, and and that's great. Um, uh, when, when I first heard about it, that. It sounded to me like uh, when the, when Disney went to uh, Kissimmee, Florida, and said uh, and said uh, I'm gonna in this swamp I'm gonna create this, and boy, I should have bought land uh, next door. Um, but I buy high, sell low. So what can I tell you? Uh, but this one, I guess we should all buy land next door. Um, but let's hope that it. it really does turn out to be a smart city and, and not another Levittown. Well, the, the interesting thing Levittown. here, according to their press release uh, for us with this podcast, is that uh, they're talking about having a freeway running to, to Reno, Nevada, from this community on the west side of Phoenix, and it would be developed around solar power and electric distribution systems, autonomous auto testing, broadband, and data centers. So this, this could be an interesting place. Yes, it, it, it could be an interesting place, but again, if it turns out that that everybody uh, needs their own uh, electric-powered uh, autonomous vehicle to get a quart of milk uh, four miles away or something like that, then I don't know. Um, I, I, um, um, again, let's hope it's not <clears throat> it's not uh, Levittown. Well, we mentioned Apple before, Alan. Uh, still questions about where Apple is going to fit into the picture when it comes to autonomous vehicles. It's made a research paper public on an artificial intelligence system that they call VoxelNet, if I'm saying it right, to help self-driving cars understand with other vehicles, uh, what other vehicles, cyclists and pedestrians, where they're located. You think Apple's going to be a big player? Well, I think uh, this is this is a little bit different from Apple because they certainly haven't published very much about what they're doing, and this really focuses on on instead of image, you know, image data being pixels, uh, looking at uh, basically data from lidar, 
and um, and making sense out of those uh, those uh, 3D points. And um, and it's interesting. I think we we should pay attention. Uh, but um, the way things are moving, um, uh, again, going back to the Uber announcement, I don't think that Uber would have announced uh, the deal with uh, Volvo to purchase those unless they saw that basically they're um, 12 to 14 months away from really being able to do driverless. And um, and then we have Waymo out there. Um, who knows what they're doing? They may, they in fact may be driverless today. They might have shown up with one of their um, uh, minivans um, uh, without anybody in the vehicle and, and offering rides. Uh, they don't tend to tell people what they do, so they may be doing it. If somebody got such a ride, it'd be nice if they told us. <laughs> that would be terrific. Now. Uh... We've spoken before about how smart driving cars will make travel safer. The need is highlighted by a recent New York Times op-ed, which pointed out that our vehicle fatality rate in the U.S. is about 40% higher than Canada's or Australia's. Now, it's come down, but we're still that much higher than these other countries. Uh, What's going on? Well, um I, I think that uh, we don't know what's going on. I, I guess it's it's sort of uh, it's really some bad news that, that's come out that uh, we really need to take a look at what we're doing. We've done a very good job in crash mitigation and, and keeping uh, people that are involved in crashes and are inside vehicles uh, from dying. Uh, the, the, the problem is, is that the people outside of the vehicles are dying and uh, and the pedestrians and the um and motorcyclists, and so, um, uh, and then you know, really just focusing on on the 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 those kinds of deaths. And I think Europe and and maybe Canada also has done a better job with respect to speed. Um, I think you know we're out of control with respect to speed here in, in the United States. Uh, nobody goes the speed limit. It's it's uh, nobody pays attention to it. It's either plus nine or plus 15 or more. And then you have you have uh, Chrysler out there announcing the demon, you know, uh, uh, selling cars that that really are should just be on on drag strips and, and putting them out there and on on our roads. Um, um, uh, you know, it's. Uh, and as I like to say, my speed, the speedometer in my car shows 160 miles an hour. Come on, I'm going to do 160 miles an hour in New Jersey? Are you kidding? I mean, the, the speed issue with respect to the way we uh, we all use our, our automobiles these days is is out of control and totally irresponsible. Here's a related story, uh, and for the first time uh, in our podcast, the, the Pope is making an appearance. Pope Francis met with traffic police in Italy and asked them to show mercy towards those who break the rules of the road. I guess that doesn't sit too well with you. Well, I mean, the Pontiff is supposed to, you know, grant mercy to everybody who, who goofs up. So, I mean, that's that's his role. Uh, so uh, that's fine. But um, But really, the... Um, in, in, in these situations, speed kills, and, the, and, and what's happening is that the speed isn't killing the driver, it's killing the people that are outside the vehicle, and so 
speed is killing other people. So it is, you know, totally a responsibility. And, and somehow, um, uh, the genie is getting out of the bottle on this one. And, and I don't know how we put it back in except for uh, putting, uh, as I like to say, uh, safe, uh, driving uh, technology in all vehicles so that it's, it's not automated emergency braking. It's automated braking that just keeps you from, from misbehaving. Well, we're seeing more and more vehicles offering that kind of technology, uh, sometimes as an option. Uh, and I guess we need to have it per- pervasive. Yes, and, and it needs to work, and it needs to be applied properly, and it needs to not be so that you can turn it off. I don't think there's an automaker out there that offers a, 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 an option that says uh, it, the car won't let you go more than nine miles over the speed limit, ever. And they need to do that, you know, unless you press the button, you get one time to press the button. I have a real emergency. I really need to go fast. You get one time, you know. But Interesting concept. Nobody's doing that. Well, we'll see. Maybe somebody will, will hear you and, uh, and uh, pick up on that. <laughs> you know, they, because look at how they sell this stuff. They sell it. They, they make you, they're, they're selling the dream that you can go fast. And so every once in a while we do. And that's irresponsible of them. Well, on that note, that's it for this edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We're hitting the brakes. Find us at smartdrivingcar.com. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud or Spreaker. And look for my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.